Hello, welcome to another edition of the PCOS Diva podcast. This is your host, Amy Medling. I'm a certified health coach and I'm the founder of PCOS Diva. Today we're going to be talking about a topic that is very interesting um, and kind of on the, the forefront of PCOS Diva's minds. We did a survey earlier this year and the number one thing that you wanted to hear more about was essential oils. And so today, I've uh, asked Dr. Megan Kirschling. She's a frequent contributor to PCOS Diva, and you can listen to our previous podcast about PCOS from teen to menopause years, and she also wrote a wonderful article about alternative um, remedies for PCOS, and take a look at those uh, two content Um, features from Dr. Megan, but she is going to be talking to us about essential oils. Um, This is one of her areas of expertise. So thank you for joining us again, Dr. Megan. Thanks for having me back. It's always so good to be here. So I just want to give listeners um, just a quick overview of um, your your background. You have both an allopathic and alternative medical background. You received your Doctor of Chiropractic from Northwestern Health Sciences University. You also have a BS in Nursing and Exercise Science, a Master's of Nutrition, and a Master's of Nursing. So you are, um, you know, very uh, well qualified and, and really an expert in in women's health. And you practice in Minnesota, and you have a really fantastic online site um, and podcast called Beyond the Basics Health Academy. And um, I was actually uh, a guest on your podcast last year and um, loved joining you there. So so welcome again. Well, thank you so much for having me. And I am really excited to talk about this subject because I think there's so much great information. This is something that all of your divas can take and immediately uh, start applying to their lives and helping to provide balance to a really complex situation like PCOS. So I'm really uh, excited to dive into this and share lots of information because there's lots of great information on this topic to share. So I wanted to start with um, essential oils and, you know, quality because I think there's, you know, you can get essential oils at your, you know, local Whole Foods and I know a lot of friends you know, might be selling um, essential oils through, you know, multi-level marketing companies, and there's, you know, lots of sources online through, you know, Amazon and, um, you know, different online sites to purchase your essential oils. So maybe the first thing we could talk about is the different grades and qualities, and how do you know that you're getting a, um, you know, a a well-made, pure essential oil? Yeah, I think that's a great question and one that I've actually researched a lot because I think there's a lot of even controversy over this. I think that with the popularity of essential oils and people using more essential oils and it becoming more mainstream, that even the whole essential oil world has changed. I know even, you know, 20, 30 years ago, we thought about essential oils more as like aromatherapy. They were harder to get. You could barely find them. And people just really looked at them as aromatherapy. And some of the pure aromatherapists will say that's really the way that all essential oils should be used. But because now they're being used, uh, there's a lot more companies out there. They've actually changed the essential oils a little bit. And then with popular companies like Young Living and doTERRA, they've actually made them. So they are to be used not only for aromatherapy, but also topically. and can even be used internally now, which I know sometimes 
really, um, for lack of a better word, freaks out the pure aromatherapist. But they really are made now for that purpose, um, specific ones that say they can be taken internally. And there's even research about some things like peppermint and lemon and grapefruit and the benefits of taking them internally. So now we're sort of trying to figure out this new world of essential oils and uh, the best way to use them, how we can use them safely, and then there's the quality of different oils. I really think that the main thing is that you know the quality of the oil that you're using and to know your brand. I would also throw out a little caveat that I highly recommend people don't get essential oils on Amazon um, or eBay because we've proven that there's a lot of people out there selling oils that have been tampered with. So even if they have a label on them that is a brand you think it is, that a lot of people will dilute them or change them because they can easily tamper them and then resell them. So they're making money selling bogus products. So I do think you should get it not only a brand you trust, but from a source you trust. And, you know, I am not a distributor um, or make money with doTERRA or Young Living, but I like both of those uh, because of the education that they provide with their oils and because they've made them uh, easy to get for people and that they are high-quality oils. So I think that it's important to make sure that you are getting good quality oils and that you also, depending on your oil, know how it can be used. So some can be used topically on the skin. Um, some can be ingested if they say so. Um, and some can be used in aromatherapy. But they, you should always read the label and make sure that you're getting the oil specific for what you're trying to use it for so that you're obviously first and foremost safe with your oil use. Yeah, and I think we need to state that essential oils are very powerful. Um, yeah. I think you kind of think, oh, it's just something that, well, you, know, you might put in your bath water to, or um, you know, put it in a, a diffuser, but they are it's it's like medicine in some ways. I mean, it's you have to be really cautious and um, respect the power of the oil. That is so, so correct because I think sometimes you think, oh, if it's easy to get, then it's really safe. And that's not true at all. And the reason why I love this topic and I love talking about oils, especially with PCOS, is because they are so powerful and that we can use them specifically to help with certain pathways and mechanisms, but that never underestimate the power. And they're concentrated sources. So I think peppermint's a great example of this, that, you know, taking one drop of peppermint is about 200 times more powerful than, you know, the peppermint leaf that it comes from. So it's important to remember just the power that's in these oils and how therapeutic they are, but with that, too, to respect that therapeutic action. Mm-hmm. So let's dive into why essential oils are a good option for PCOS divas. Where do they fit into uh, our health regimen? I mean, we're taking supplements, we're um, exercising, we're Mm -hmm. working on stress reduction, we're eating clean. So where would uh, essential oils fit into this lifestyle? Well, two of the reasons that I love essential oils as a complementary uh, a complementary sort of um, choice for people that are dealing with PCOS or other complex uh, you know disorders like this or syndromes like this is because of the fact that it can help on so many different levels. And with PCOS, one of the things is that there are various things that uh, really can go wrong and various things that we have to really go after in order to get things to be better. So they can help from everything from insulin control and blood sugar control to even detoxing out estrogens 
hormone balance, uh, stress reduction to help decrease the cortisol that's usually prevalent with PCOS women. And then it also helps with different signs and symptoms that PCOS women um, deal with, including GI inflammation, candida and yeast, and anxiety and depression. So there's lots of ways then that we can use the oils. And they do add two extra oomphs, I think. They add the oomph of being able to sort of turn pathways around, which is so important, from insulin control to hormone balance. But they also are something that you can use on a regular basis. And I think that's really powerful because when you look at these mechanisms and the physiology that we're trying to get ahead of or change, it's important not only to add something that will change it, but also something that we can provide on an ongoing basis so that we're giving this sort of therapeutic effect to our body over a long period of time so that we can get ahead of it. So I think it's so important to add these, especially when you're doing everything right that your divas are doing, like the diet changes and the exercise and the lifestyle changes. So can you kind of walk us through some different essential oil protocols for different yes. PCOS symptoms? Well, so maybe let, let's... Okay, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, 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 you can go ahead. Oh, I was thinking, um, you know, is it, is it best to approach it from, like, a symptom standpoint? You know, if you're having blood sugar insulin issues or are you having anxiety, depression, or are you having some estrogen dominance? Like, how should a woman kind of approach... Um, what oils she uses and dosage and how to take them? I think that that is a wonderful question because I do think that um, I'm a huge, huge um, supporter of individualized care, too, that I don't think obviously even every PCOS woman needs the same oils. However, Mm -hmm. I do think that when you look at cause and symptoms and underlying mechanisms with PCOS, that there are ones that would help across the board. And so I'll sort of start from the general, you know, these are the things that usually occur no matter what with PCOS, and then we'll go out from there with signs and symptoms. So obviously the first thing that I think is important is actually the insulin part of it and balancing out the insulin because a lot of the signs and symptoms come from that high insulin level or what we call hyperinsulinemia. So obviously um, cinnamon is probably my favorite essential oil to help regulate blood sugar. Um, It also, by using cinnamon, you can help to decrease cravings and just stabilize the blood sugar, which can then help to balance everything from lowering your testosterone levels and those male hormone levels to regulating the use of blood sugar in your body and decreasing cysts if you have them on your ovaries um, and other signs and symptoms and metabolic symptoms we see with PCOS. That, especially in conjunction with the dietary changes um, that you have taught your divas, make a huge, huge difference. I also like grapefruit because of the appetite uh, support that it gives. So um, to find a grapefruit oil that can be consumed in a glass bottle, um, and both Young Living and doTERRA have a grapefruit oil, but I find that that helps women to be able to control appetite. And so any of your PCOS divas that are dealing too with the inability to lose weight, I will tell you that one thing that I found dietary-wise that can help that is sort of against what traditional people say is to actually eat meals separate from each other so that you're not feeding your adrenals all day long and releasing more cortisol. And using grapefruit can help with that because grapefruit in between meals can help suppress your appetite so that you can not feed your cortisol and adrenals all day long, which will put you out of hormone or put you out of hormone balance. Then with hormone balance and that part of PCOS, there are a lot of great 
great um, essential oils to help actually balance out hormones. Probably my favorite is clary sage for PCOS women. Uh, yeah, I love I, that too. I've seen a lot a of Yeah, for me, it, it's made a huge difference. Um, mm-hmm. And I just I use that in my like Epsom salt bath um, a couple times a week. And it just, I actually have not found a PCOS woman who has not had a great effect with clary sage. Uh, it helps to actually stimulate the reproductive organs, so the uterus and the ovaries. Uh, it helps with hormone balance. And then if you have things like P- PMS or just a hormone irregulation or just don't feel right, clary sage just helps to balance. And I'm sure you've noticed that in the bath, that if you mm-hmm. add it to that relaxation bath, it just helps to... Uh, relax you and to calm you. I also actually really like it um, and give it to, we'll talk about this probably a little bit later because the other thing about essential oils, I love our essential oils and castor oil packs. And I'll talk about that in a mm-hmm. little bit. But I also recommend to add clary sage to castor oil packs uh, because I've actually found that they help to decrease lower abdominal bloating and cysts and all of the symptoms that go along with PCOS. Uh, because they help to increase blood flow and lymphatic flow and stimulate those reproductive organs. So uh, I think that's one of the great things that PCOS women can do is castor oil packs and even add in some clary sage. So can we um, step back to the cinnamon and the grapefruit? How Mm -hmm. would somebody um, take those oils? Are those oils that you're suggesting that you ingest? Yes, those are too. Because of the mechanism of action, I find that cinnamon and grapefruit are best to find an essential oil that can be taken in internally. Uh, And so then to take the cinnamon, um, you know, I actually like cinnamon in the morning. Um, I put it in my tea. Uh, And so, and then grapefruit I just put into water. And it has to be a glass water bottle uh, or stainless steel so you're not leaching out the plastic into your water. But I drink that then during the day. And I add lemon to to the grapefruit and the water, but the lemon is for the detox part of it, so which okay. is also important for PCOS is detox. So are you talking about like just a drop? Yeah, I just do water, a drop or, or two. Yeah, okay. I just pour in a drop, and usually you'll get a drop or two, but really because these are so powerful, a drop or two in about 20 ounces of water, so a normal-sized water bottle really does the trick. Okay. And you will notice, I mean, grapefruit really is amazing with its appetite depression, and I mean, it's been shown in research with the effect that it has on appetite depression, but I actually do find that so important for PCOS women because of the fact that we don't want to feed our adrenals and release more cortisol, because that will decrease progesterone and put us in more hormonal imbalance, and so if we can do things to help be able to decrease that cortisol, then we will be able to get ahead of the game a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that the grapefruit, um, for me, I found that it really helps to balance out my blood sugar um, mm-hmm. during the day. So I feel more stable. And I remember when I was pregnant, um, grapefruit was one of the only things that really made me feel good because <laughs> I, <laughs> I had really awful blood sugar issues while pregnant. Um, so I, I think that that's a really great recommendation. Um, I'm going to start using it on a more regular basis. So thanks. So, do you should we go into more of the hormonal balancing um, oils? Yes. We talked about clary sage 
And yep, what else so is there? I also really like um, geranium. Now, one of the things mm-hmm. about geranium is I find that this is a home run for some women, that they do even better on geranium than clary sage. Um, geranium has even a little bit more of an effect on the women that are dealing with anxiety and depression on top of everything else. Um, clary sage can too, but I've found sometimes there's a home run with geranium. Um, I've had a couple women that don't do as well with geranium. Um, some actually don't like the smell either. So I will usually incorporate geranium, but some women then will just go to clary sage. So I do find that too, then it's a matter of sort of figuring out where the good balance is. Um, another one that I actually find for PCOS for hormone balance more than any other group of women is thyme. So thyme actually has been shown to balance progesterone, and since so many PCOS women struggle with low progesterone, thyme is a good one to utilize. I will say with clary sage, thyme, and geranium, my main mechanism of having people use this is topically, though. Um, is to use it as a topical application, either to the lower abdomen um, with castor oil packs or um, through reflexology points, like on the feet and hands. So I usually recommend more people do this topically. So talk, would you put that in, maybe you can explain like what a carrier oil is and mm-hmm. is it safe to put it directly on your skin or do you put it in a carrier oil like the castor oil for the castor oil packs or or something else? So with um, any of these, I recommend that, you know, some people can use them with, it's considered neat and we call it neat, so that they can just put it straight on their skin and rub it in. Um, usually I find that people do okay with clary sage neat. Um, but if you have sensitive skin or if this is your first time using them, then I always recommend that you start out with a carrier oil. So that can be anything from a coconut, a coconut oil, um, the castor oil and the castor oil packs uh, will help. You can use, you know, even like a avocado oil, a sesame seed oil, a olive oil, but you want to use some kind of oil to help dilute it. Two effects that you get from this is the fact that then it will be diluted, so it's not going to be as, uh, the skin's not going to be as sensitive to it, but then it also does give you to more of an oil base so that you can actually rub it on a larger area, which I find helpful too, especially if you're applying it to the lower abdomen, because even a drop or two is so powerful that a drop or two in a carrier oil can make a huge difference. And usually, um, you know, coconut oil, I'd say, is the one that people use the most. And even, you know, just a little bit of coconut oil, like even you know, an eighth of a teaspoon or a quarter of a teaspoon and a couple drops um, to that area then dilutes it so that it's just fine. Or some people use a fractionated coconut oil and then 10 or 15 drops to one or two drops is usually the recommended ratio. Great. So one of the um, routines that I like to do in the morning is body brushing, which, mm-hmm. um, as you know, is, is great for detoxification. Um, and then I like to use, like, a sesame oil to, um, you know, use after my shower. Sesame has, like, a warming quality in Ayurveda, um, and mm-hmm. coconut has, like, a cooling quality. Now, is could I put those um, hormonal balancing um, essential oils in my oils to kind of for um, applying on my whole body after my shower and the body brushing. Yeah, you sure could. And that would be very beneficial. And so, and I think a great thing to do too would to be use the warming sesame oil uh, in the morning after you brushed. 
and then use maybe the coconut oil as more of a cooling at night to help relax. So, you know, there's things you can do like that, too, to use the properties of the oil, which is, you know, even just a step above uh, just using the essential oils. But, no, you can mix it right in there. Um, it'll store for a little bit, too, so you don't have to even necessarily. You could make a little jar of it and then use it every morning after brushing. And that's great, too, because you've also helped with something else that's great for PCOS, which is lymphatic drainage and just getting everything moving and the lymph because so many women with PCOS, too, tend to have sort of lymphatic um, uh, congestion. And so then it can be very, very beneficial to use the dry brushing and the oil uh, together. Yeah, so speaking of um, lymph, lymphatic system, and um, you mentioned a little bit earlier lemon is is great for detoxification. Mm-hmm. Um, I just finished uh, my 14-day sparkle cleanse, which I'm going to be introducing in the fall. Um, it's a 14-day detoxification program, and um, so um, detoxification is really on the top of my mind. So mm-hmm. I would love to know how can I use essential oils to kind of continue detoxifying? Well, probably the first easiest thing to do for the detoxification part of it um, is to add in lemon to your water every day. And a drop or two um, in the water just helps to stimulate that liver. You also, I mean, to get the uh, essential oils on a whole other level, you can do castor oil packs to the liver with a little bit of lemon and peppermint. Mm-hmm. Um, straight on that liver and gallbladder area, that can be huge for helping to stimulate that liver and gallbladder to help continue to release bile and to detox uh, because we're really only as clean as our bile. And so it's important then to really be able to promote good bile flow, which lemon and peppermint will do topically. You don't even have to do the castor oil pack. You can even put some lemon and peppermint right on the liver or I am a big supporter overall of peppermint and frankincense together. So sometimes when I'm detoxing, I'll put the peppermint and frankincense right on my liver, which is right in that upper part of your abdomen on the right side, right below the diaphragm. And so you can use things like lemon and peppermint um, orally, or you can even put them on topically. Yeah, I think detoxification is is one of those subjects that you just are not going to hear about in the doctor's office, mm-hmm. but is so important for women with PCOS. I mean, with all of these endocrine-disrupting toxins that we're bombarded with on a daily basis, it's just it's so important to you know think about detoxification as one of those um, you know lifestyle factors Mm -hmm. that you have to consider um, to manage your PCOS well. And one of the reasons, too, that I think it's so important for PCOS women to really zone in on detoxification, and I like, you know, your approach to detoxification to do, you know, periods where you're really helping to detoxify your body and to do a cleanse. I recommend a cleanse every spring and fall because there's some support, too, about doing them in those seasons, but those seasons are sort of meant for us to purge more so that if we support it, we'll actually detox more in spring and fall. But then to do ongoing because as women, we're exposed to so many foreign estrogens as it is, but PCOS women are extremely more sensitive to it because we have to uh, balance out the estrogen and the progesterone. And so it's important then to make sure that you're supporting your body every day so that you're detoxing out those extra environmental estrogens, especially the foreign estrogens and the xenoestrogens that we're exposed to. 
Mm-hmm. So you've talked about the castor oil packs. Maybe this is a good time to kind of explain um, it, it, maybe in more detail, you know, what, what that is and how to use them. So castor oil packs um, is actually using the properties of castor oil. Castor oil is, you know, people probably, if they have heard of this, it's almost like a grandma remedy of, uh, for intestinal health and getting your bowels moving. But actually castor oil has a lot more therapeutic effects than just what we know for bowel function. And one of the effects is that it can pull impurities. And by utilizing castor oil topically, especially with heat, we can increase lymphatic drainage to an area, increase circulation, and we actually pull out impurities. And so I use this all the time for an extra oops for localized detoxification. And, you know, whether we have to sort of detoxify, you know, our ovaries and uterus and provide some healing there or our liver or even skin. So sometimes with acne, I'll use these castor oil packs, um, which is also beneficial for PCOS because so many women dealing with PCOS also deal with acne. But what you can use then is you can take a castor oil pack. Um, I can send you, which you can include in the show notes, sort of this quick, easy way into how to do it. But you use the castor oil and you put it on. They prefer wool cloth. You put it on wool cloth and heat it up um, and then put it on with a hot water bottle. Uh, and the thing I like to do is add essential oils depending on what I'm trying to achieve. But you can put this on the lower abdomen. And it's great for um, even women, the polycystic ovary syndrome, women that have a lot of cysts. This will actually help to uh, decrease bloating, and I've even had some women that have gone in before and after for ultrasounds, and they've noticed huge changes in the amount of this. So there's lots of then improvement to the blood flow and the ovaries in order so that the ovaries then can heal and they can then help to bring balance because it's those ovaries that are ultimately responsible for the estrogen and progesterone balance in our body. And so I recommend then to do those. I recommend when you're starting to actually do them once a day, and you can really utilize this too for relaxation time. So, you know, just to sit down and read a good book, meditate, do whatever helps you to relax, but, you know, to sit down for about 15, 20 minutes with a castor oil pack and use the oils to help to heal. Yeah, and and it is very relaxing. I I will vouch for that. Um, mm-hmm. And speaking of re- relaxation, and um, you know, maybe we could talk a little bit about oils to help with stress management. I, I think I always say stress really wreaks havoc on PCOS, and and mm-hmm. you've kind of um, kind of alluded to that uh, in, earlier in our podcast. Um, but maybe you could just give us a quick overview of why that is true and um, how we can use essential oils to. Um, you know, help kind of reduce cortisol and and that stress response. Yeah, so uh, this is one of the things that I think uh, any woman with PCOS really can uh, really change and have an effect on their hormones almost immediately. And it's but it's one of the hardest things to change. Obviously, is managing our stress because none of us are going to be able to go live in a bubble and just reduce stress completely. So we're going to have to do things in order to reduce the stress response. And the stress response does wreak extra havoc on hormones because of the fact that if we start to produce more cortisol, which is the long-term stress response of the adrenal glands, then we actually decrease progesterone. 
because the progesterone then goes straight into making cortisol instead of going over to the other hormones of estrogen and testosterone and balancing that out. So we actually then, if we are producing more stress hormone than cortisol, uh, decreasing that progesterone that's so important to increase with PCOS women. So it's important then that we manage stress and reduce stress every way possible. And I will tell you that essential oils can make such a difference with this because it has an immediate effect on, you know, the brain. And we've known for a long time now that the olfactory nerve, which is the smelling nerve, is the number one nerve that goes straight from our nose to the front part of our brain, that frontal brain, which is emotions. And so if we can affect that frontal brain, we can immediately have an effect on our stress response. So not only can we use oils for long-term stress reduction, but for immediate stress reduction. So if you're in a situation where you're just stressed, oils are a great thing to go to to get you out of that response. So, you know, a lot of times for that kind of response, I tell people, use an oil that resonates with you. So sometimes this is clary sage for PCOS women, that they can smell uh, the clary sage and immediately decrease that stress response. Sometimes it's going to be lavender or a lavender-based one. Both Young Living and doTERRA have great relaxation um, formulas that a lot of women with PCOS love. Um, it can even be sometimes uh, I find that some PCOS women, some of the more uplifting ones like the citrus-based ones, they actually have more of an effect of shutting down that short-term stress response because it just helps to stimulate them enough to actually get out of stress and anxiety and depression and those things. And then I was just going to say, you know what I really love? I have it right here at my desk is the lemongrass. Um, yes. There's something that's really, like you said, citrusy really resonates with me, and um, and that really helps me. It just makes me feel brighter and mm-hmm. maybe a little more focused. And that's why I really say for especially that stress response is it is what resonates with you. Because, you know, like for me, lemongrass makes me feel like I have to go clean my house. <laughs> oh. But I think, brings, I think it brings back, like, old memories of pledge and whatnot growing up. Mm-hmm. So, but I know so many women that do resonate with the lemongrass. And so I think this is sort of a trial and error of whatever is going to make you for that immediate stress response to relax. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I know a lot of people that the um, vetiver is one that helps them to just feel grounded. And if they're really, like, emotional and sort of almost that raging emotional, they can smell that and it calms them down. I, that one doesn't resonate with me. So that's where, too, you, what resonates. Uh, I was just going to interrupt quick. Can you spell that for people? Um, yes. That ever, it's v- something that you don't hear often. Hear as much? V-E-T-I-V-E-R. And the vetiver one, I will say, it's some people's, again, it's some people's home run. Like, they just can feel completely relaxed and it cools them, especially for um, what we call hot emotions or, you know, anger or resentment or things like that. Um, but, again, you really have to find what works for you. And for me, it is the citrus one. So um, I think that, you know, I can, if I'm really feeling stressed out or I feel like, you know, I just need to relax a little bit, Anything that's sort of lemon-based or, you know, I know doTERRA has some citrus bliss or elevation that I really like, um, and Young Living has other ones, too, that are citrus-based. Uh, and then there's a lot of other ones you can find out there that will have citrus citrus focus, is that that one helps me, um, where a lot of other people might like the lavender and the soothing effect of lavender and lavender-based ones. So 
that is really powerful. And like I said, I like to explain to people why it's so powerful, and that is because smell is the one sense we have that is directly connected to the brain immediately. It doesn't go through any other pathways. It goes straight to our frontal lobe. And so that's so powerful for emotions and has such an effect on emotions. And so keep your favorite bottle near you and just smell it, and that can immediately get you out of that domino effect of stress where you can stop those dominoes from falling immediately. Yeah, and, and something then, I have in, oh. I was just going to say in my purse, I have one of those little roller tubes, Yeah, and I have kind of my favorite sort of stress blend in that. And when, if I'm, when I'm feeling, I can feel that like shallow breathing and um, can kind of feel that stress coming on, I just get my roller tube out and kind of roll it on my wrists and probably like those those reflex points that you were talking about, which I definitely want to get into before the end of our podcast. And it makes such a difference, doesn't it? It's just night yeah, and day difference. Mm-hmm. And, it, and I think sometimes an emotion takes in. We all think that, oh, gosh, you know, the emotions have the best of us. But that's one of the reasons I love essential oils, because when you have something like this that's, you know, in your purse or in your back pocket, that you don't have to then go through all the different effects of, um, stress, and then also let it just sit there and fester. Like you can get your body out of that stress response, which I think is very, very important. Um, and then for uh, actual like people that are in adrenal exhaustion or adrenal fatigue and need some help, um, this one I sort of find that everybody is different, that a lot of times to uh, some people do well with using on the adrenal points, either reflexology or right on the small of the back as an adrenal point, uh, a relaxing one like lavender can sometimes be really good to help calm the adrenals. But sometimes actually what the adrenals need is a little bit more of a support. So lemongrass, lemon, the citrus ones, again, can make a bigger difference sometimes. And I will find that I do see with PCOS women, usually what they need more is the stimulating ones. Um, which can be everything from the citrus to, like, peppermint, uh, wintergreen and eucalyptus versus the calming ones because usually their adrenals work better with the uplifting ones is what I've just seen in a clinical practice. So let's talk about um, anxiety and depression. And we were talking about using essential oils for stress and, and um, emotions of, like, anger. and um, But let's – what oils do you like for – depression um well let's talk about that first yeah so and it goes a little bit about what i was just talking about too but i think that there's sort of two kinds of um, depression that i see there is sort of that fatigue depression um that a lot of women with pcos are dealing with where it is adrenal based and there's a lot of fatigue that goes with it and then there is the sadness um and that there is then the depression that goes along with you know, grief and sadness and things like that. So I think that, first of all, sort of seeing more what category you fall into sometimes helps just because I think that there are two sort of classifications of depression, uh, especially with PCOS. And so, but uh, one of the ones actually that I'm surprised I haven't mentioned yet is um, Lang Lang uh, that I find really helps women with, uh, PCOS and depression because Lang Lang also helps to balance hormones a little bit. So um, it can really help with depression and um, what I find more is that sort of sadness depression. 
And so uh, I actually like Langlang the most for um, aromatherapy or diffusing it, but it also can be put on topically. So I do like Langlang a lot for that purpose. Um, the other ones that I've seen to help a lot is lavender again. Uh, I find that lavender helps. Uh, helping with the adrenals will help with that uh, sort of uh, fatigue depression. So anytime that you are feeling just like you're dragging, then you might want to actually do more of what we just talked about with the adrenals and to use the points on the small of the back and uplifting ones like the peppermint, eucalyptus, winter green, and citrus. And then the other one that I've used for depression with good success is bergamot. I missed that. What was that? It's bergamot. So B-E-R-G-A. Oh, bergamot. Oh, I love bergamot. Yep. I love Earl yep. Grey tea. Yes. Yes. And the other thing, too, is if you are finding ones you can take orally, put them in your teas. I just, I love essential oils and tea. I think it adds a little bit more of an oomph and you get, you actually get a little bit of aromatherapy with ingestion because just a drop will make a huge difference because you're going to breathe it in a little bit with that steam yeah. and then you're going to take it in um, and it provides great flavor to your teas. So I love if you are taking an oil that can be taken internally to put it in a tea because you're getting actually two um, effects with one drop. Oh, what a fantastic idea. And I've written a lot about tea um, as a ritual to help reduce stress and just as a medicinal um, for women with PCOS. So to add the essential oil to it is really brilliant. Yeah, I, I find that it gives, like I said, um, extra oomph, and especially because you are going to inhale it a little bit. And, you know, if you're sitting there, mm -hmm. especially on a cold day and you're breathing it in while, you know, it's seeping, then you're going to get that effect too. So it's more bang for your buck. So I love, you know, if you can take it internally and it's safe for internal ingestion, the one you're taking, add it to tea. So uh, I know that there's been some studies done on spearmint uh, tea and helping to reduce um, uh, hirsutism in women with PCOS. Mm -hmm. Does peppermint have the same quality? I know I've received a lot of questions about that. As spearmint. I have, yeah, I have not seen the studies that have shown peppermint the same as spearmint. I, you know, I think we tend to think of peppermint and spearmint as the same, but Clearly, if they, you know, there can be different um, medicinal effects from them, and spearmint's the one that's gotten more press on uh, decreasing that testosterone level and decreasing the side effects we see like body hair and acne. So that might be a nice essential oil to use as well. Yep, spearmint. I'm glad you brought that one up because that one isn't in my arsenal of ones I use all the time, but I have used it uh sometimes for that, and I forget about that one. So that's what I like when uh, you bring up the ones that I would have forgotten about. Um, so what about, like, so we touched on um, the two kind of sort of types of sadness or depression. What about anxiety? Um, I think a lot of women feel, uh, and I think it probably goes back to the, that adrenal issue, kind of that mm -hmm. um, wired sort of feeling. Um what can you do with that? So this is one of the times that I actually really highly think essential oils are the best uh, the best out of all the arsenal of things I have. And believe me, I have a lot of tools in my toolbox that I use, but this is actually where I love essential oils the most because 
of that effect that I was telling you about with being able to stimulate the frontal lobe immediately is that we can also get ourselves out of patterns that. And anybody who has, you know, suffered from anxiety or panic attacks, there's not only the stimulus of what causes that anxiety, but then also the pattern that has been established, which makes it so troublesome and why my heart goes out to anybody that's dealing with anxiety or panic attacks. Um, you know, and honestly, uh, you know, 10 years ago I had uh, I had panic attacks for the first time, and I was really surprised by this because I tend to be a pretty laid-back person, but I was uh, suffering from panic attacks, and it was very hard for me because there was definitely a cause of it at first, but then I had to deal with it for about two years because of the effects of my body going into those patterns. So it's not only the stimulus, but it's also then the patterns that get established. And essential oils are so important for being able to break that pattern. And that's where, you know, again, I think it does have to be one that resonates with you. And anxiety is going to usually be more of a calming one. So anything like, um, obviously the main go-to is lavender for calming or lavender-based ones. Um, frankincense for some people can be calming. Um, frankincense can sort of be the oil of everything. Um, or you can, if you are more um, prone to, again, the uplifting ones, then you can use that. But what is beneficial is that when you're going through this anxiety or panic attack, you can then turn to the oil to help to break the pattern. And so um, I actually did use oils. Uh, that was very beneficial because when I would then go through a panic attack, it was something I could carry with me and be able to get myself out of it without other people knowing. So that's where I think essential oils are so powerful is because of the fact that there's something that we can use really easily. There's something that are very powerful. And when we use it through aromatherapy like this, that we can actually stimulate the brain so that it doesn't then set that cascade of memory, you know, that has everything to do with things like our basal ganglia and other parts of our brain that then go into, get switched. So we can stop that from being switched. So uh, one of the things that I highly recommend is to use it for that. I also highly recommend, and I know actually you have, I think, one of the best recipes for uh, baths and PCOS and utilizing the bath because I think using Epsom salts and essential oils in a bath situation too helps then to get you out of that um, anxiety and, you know, what we call the hypothalamus pituitary access of that cascade um, and you can do that daily. And so I also am a firm believer in a lot of the baths that you promote. Um, and you do a wonderful job of giving recipes for everything from fertility to just relaxation baths. Oh, thanks. Yeah, my my husband now knows, like, if I'm in that kind of place, he usually yeah. tells me to go take a bath. <laughs> so it, it, it really does work. I can't, it's like washing away all of those, um, you know, feelings of overwhelm and anxiety right down you know, down the drain after I'm done. So uh, thank you. Yeah, I think that they really help a lot of women with PCOS. Well, and it's such, again, you with that situation, you're getting so much more bang for your buck with the essential oils because you're using the Epsom mm-hmm. salts with the magnesium that's going to help to relax you. Then you're also going to absorb some of those oils into the pores, and then you're going to also breathe them in in a relaxing, you know, bath. So, you know, that is, just sort of a triple threat of using essential oils to your to your benefit. So things like that, I think, make a huge difference. So I think you've given us a lot of wonderful tools, as you had mentioned before, like for your toolbox. 
and, and how to deal with these different symptoms and aspects of PCOS. And you are going to uh, give us a link to a castor oil pack and how to apply mm-hmm. that. And then you had also mentioned before our call that you had um, a chart for reflexology points for the hand and feet yes. to use as well. So maybe just um, before we, we wrap up, you could just kind of talk a little bit more about the reflexology points and and how to use essential oils um, in that area. So one of the things, too, is that, you know, with reflexology, I think there's so much power in reflexology. Um, and, you know, it's been around, obviously, for thousands and thousands of years. And so the points that they found in the ears, the hands, and the feet um, can be very powerful for stimulating specifically what you want to do with the essential oils. And so I really do like to use then those points with the oils to really allow the body to even be stimulated uh, or promoted to heal faster. And so really for the reproductive organs, it tends to be on the bottom of the foot sort of near the heel. And a lot of women, you know, with PCOS or any kind of hormonal balance can actually go in and feel right sort of on that part of the heel, right where sort of that ball of the foot starts. They can go and feel and they usually have tender points. And so one of the things that you can do each night is uh, with these oils, you can put them in a little bit of carrier oil and then rub them on your feet. Uh, I like to always give, anytime I'm recommending essential oils, a reflexology chart because I think that it's also interesting to sort of find out and link things back to your body. So I'll have women say, okay, go and do these points and see if they're tender and then see over time if they're less tender. And they usually will be um, after you've applied some of the uh, oils for a while. Or I have some women who just use it during their cycle. And so they will use uh, those points to help relieve any hormonal um, PMS symptoms, any, you know, cramping, things like that. And that can be very powerful. So I think it's really uh, nice to not only use the oils, but use them with the reflexology point just to put it all together and stimulate the body even more. So I usually recommend the oils. If you're using them topically for that reason, put them uh, by the heel of the foot or put them on the lower abdomen by the reproductive organ. Great. And uh, maybe do you have a, a chart to kind of show people, like, where they should put the um, castor oil pack, you know, kind of where their liver is? and um, we could post I can definitely – yeah. What I will actually do is um, I have all of these, um, but they're on separate places in my uh, on my website. I will – we get off the phone, put them in one easy chart with the castor oil information, the reflexology, and where to put the castor oil versus, you know, liver versus uh, lower abdomen for the reproductive organs, and put that all in one little blog post and send you the link so that people don't have to go around searching for this information and can just start uh, using it. Oh, that's fantastic. I mean, thank you so much. You've provided um, so much great info that, that women can, you know, start using right away, um, some really wonderful tips and tricks. And, Dr. Megan, if somebody wants to learn more about your practice and how they could um, work with you, uh, tell us, you know, where a little bit more about, um, you know, how they can connect. Definitely. So I work outside of uh, Minneapolis um, in Minnesota at a place called Synapse Center for Healing. Um, and the website there is officialsynapse.com. Um, but probably the easiest way to get a hold of me is just through my own website of Beyond the Basics Health Academy. So I have podcasts, blogs, courses, things like that on various health uh, topics. 
And you can actually reach me directly uh, by sending an email, info at btbha.com. So the BTBHA stands for Beyond the Basics Health Academy. Or go to the website, and there's an Ask Us section. And if you send a question there, it does go directly to me. So if you have specific questions, I would love it if you reached out. Uh, or if you're interested in my practice, you can go and find the NAP in Eagan, Minnesota. Great. Well, and we were gonna we're gonna post all of the, that information in the notes section um, under the podcast, and and um, and this podcast will also be transcribed, so you can come back to PCOS Diva for um, the, the, all that extra information. So thank you again, um, Dr. Megan, and thank you to everyone who's listening. I look forward to being with you again soon. Bye-bye. Bye.